welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life and all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? that I'm taking online with Sophie Strand called Myth and Mycelium. If you've not read Sophie's work, I highly suggest you go search it up, as my son would say. And if you have the time and the resources to join the class, you still can. It's really fantastic. Uh, One of the threads that is going through this course that is really speaking to me right now is this thread of impurity and the danger of purity. The idea of purity culture, purity in our religions, and how that is a slippery slope to things like fascism and genocide. And where does this obsession with purity come from? And what is the alternative? As usual, I'm recording this from out here in the Grove where we live in South Central Pennsylvania in the eastern projections of the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains that were once thousands of feet tall, similar in stature to the Himalayas or the Alps, but are so ancient and eroded that they're now thousand feet peaks. These bones of the earth that are some of the first mountains that emerged. And I listen to all the sounds around me. The crows and the crickets and the cicadas. The chickens. My own dog whining in the background. The hum of human machines up the hill. It is a cacophony of voices. A few nights ago, I was at the local lake, uh, Gifford Pinchot Lake in Gifford Pinchot State Park. It's just a few miles from my house. It was created uh, when Beaver Creek was dammed. And it's created a really sweet spot for human recreation and also a really vibrant ecosystem. And I sat in a little alcove and I watched the dragonflies doing their millions of year old mating dance. 
and I watched the heron fly in and fish right next to the man in his boat teaching his sons to fish, and I realized the heron taught us to fish. And the heron stood right next to the man's boat. She pulled up a fish he did not. And the din of voices, human voices, heron croaking, bullfrog voices, the smacking lip sound of the bass coming up to the surface to get the evening bugs, the cacophony of voices. And for the first time in a long time, I recognized the human voices as belonging the sound of laughter, children squealing, babies crying, that this landscape has been hearing those voices for 10,000 years or more. Not in English, not white voices, but voices, human voices. Human voices came up out of the landscape the earth herself orchestrated the movement of the hyoid bone so that it could enable the suckling of an infant and later enable all the different sounds and tones that make a language. The human voice belongs here and this current purity culture around ecology that wants to keep nature pristine, that wants to keep humans out of nature so it can be pristine, is such a violation of what it means to be in nature. We are nature. The earth created our brains our speech, our hands with their dexterity, our drive for technology, all of what has risen up out of the earth belongs to the earth. And this idea of pristine mountain lakes and our ability to go visit them and not see another human is a perversion of what nature really is. And it is not going to be until we recognize our place that we can start to actually take responsibility for our place. It is not until we stop separating pristine nature from our lived experience and truly belong to our place wherever it is that we can start to make a real shift in living in a way that creates viability for the environment of which we are a part. There is no pure nature anymore. There is, there is nowhere that I go where there are not invasive species growing. Even the wildflower preserves, you'll find Japanese stilt grass, you'll find knotweed, dandelion 
obsession with purity is so destructive and such a distraction. This cacophony of voices here that you hear all around me, of which my voice is a part, is a hodgepodge. A rising up out of the earth of all of these different species, all singing a different song, but singing loudly. You know, I'm a contemplative, so I love silence. And as I spend time out here in this grove and in the natural world, it is so clear to me that nature is not silent. It is loud. The birds go about their day singing about it all day long. The insects go about their day singing about it all day long. There's something that happens as a contemplative when I quiet my own voice to make my mind big enough, my presence big enough, my awareness big enough to hold all the voices around me that both centers my experience and decenters my importance that I find so soothing to my human soul. But it's not because silence is holier or that silence is pure. It's just so I'm quiet enough to recognize a world outside of my own voice so that I can listen and absorb and participate. So if you came to our home here in Dover, in the sacred grove, we call it. And you walked around our land. I'm guessing you would be surprised to see what might look to you like a weedy mess. I'm an herbalist, right? I should have these pristine gardens in perfect rows, perfectly managed because we have this purity mindset. What you would actually see here is an overgrowth of Queen Anne's lace and blooming black-eyed Susan interspersed with ragweed and volunteer sumac and sassafras that's trying to come up where I asked it not to. Goldenrod that's almost eight feet tall now infiltrated my oregano but I recognize the forage potential of the goldenrod, so I leave it there. <laughs> you would see my peach tree that badly split its trunk because it was our first year with peaches on and we didn't realize the necessary pruning that would go along with that. This whole ecosystem is a mess. It is wild. It is imperfect.
a cicada just flew up right next to me. I don't know if you can hear how loud he is, but he has come to add his wild and imperfect chorus to our conversation. You know, the cicada lives underground for many years, some up to 17 years. He's sitting right next to me and I'm watching his abdomen vibrate as he makes this ancient sound. As he revels in the sunlight for the first time in up to 17 years where he's been living underground. He is singing us a song of emergence. And now he just flew away. He's weaving the song of the deep earth with the song of air and sunlight. He's singing that song to the world. From the darkness into the summer where he'll live just a short time, just long enough to start the cycle over again for the next long season of underground dwelling for his progeny. The longer our family lives here in this place, the more wild it becomes, the more unruly it becomes, the more species come to live here, the louder it gets. And I love that. And for years I was ashamed of it. And I recognize the privilege of being able to allow the mess of the wild of this ecosystem. I don't have an HOA here. I don't have neighbors who can see my yard and then send a letter to the township saying my weeds are over eight inches or whatever the ordinance is in most places these days. My goldenrod is eight feet tall. If I lived in a neighborhood, I would have the zone enforcement officer at my front door. So I recognize the privilege I have in being allowed to be this messy, this impure, because we live in a society here in the United States, and I don't know where else across the world because I only live here, but here in the United States, we live in a society that upholds purity culture, consciously and unconsciously. And there are many different codes for purity here in the United States. White supremacy is born out of purity culture. Nationalism is born out of purity culture. Christianity is born out of purity culture. Our public school system, although a cacophony of voices, still has deeply held codes around purity. And it measures your purity through test scores and performance appraisals. What would a world look like where we celebrate impurity? 
where we actively seek the tension and the loudness of diversity. Where we shift our moral code to understand that from the cacophony of voices, all singing something different, but all singing something important, creates a field of emergence where when each of us take our turn getting quiet enough to hear the whole symphony, our unique perception crystallizes something of value to the whole conversation. But first we have to get quiet and then we get to sing and somebody else gets quiet enough to hear what we're singing and adds that note to their song until we're all singing something new together. Till we're all singing something impure and loud and holy. The theme of exorcism has been coming up a lot for me lately. Friends and clients seeking exorcism, talking about exorcism, thinking about the idea of possession or entities being attached to them, seeking out some practitioner who can send out the entities. And for me, that just sounds a lot like purity culture, looking for someone to purify us whether it's a preacher in the church who can use his holy water and call on his deity to cast out that which is impure, whether it's a, a cleanse and hot yoga that will cast out our impurities, whether it's a 21-day silent retreat in a Buddhist center to cast out our impurities, or finding a spirit worker who can cut the cords for us. For me, in this place where I stand today, that all sounds like purity, an obsession with purity to me. I can feel the possessions in my body of the trauma of this land, of the trauma of colonial empire in my family, I can feel the possession of social media as it calls me to participate even when I don't want to. These are all parts of the impurity of being alive on this planet. And what if instead of becoming obsessed with detoxifying ourselves and exercising ourselves, What if we shifted our perspective to harmonizing it all? To saying yes to all of the impurities, to all of the great wild mess of it, and to learn to dance in it. And let it be a song of becoming just like the cicada undulates his abdomen to create this song from the deep 
What if there is a song that wants to emerge from us, that comes out of the deep? And it doesn't mean that we have to be pure or good enough or holy enough or quiet enough or loud enough, but just that we acknowledge our belonging to it all and that our voice belongs here and that everything we see around us belongs here right now or it wouldn't be here. And from that deep place of participation and belonging, another way of participating might emerge. Or it might not. This good earth may have invested millions of years of evolution in our hyoid bone and our hands filled with dexterity and our neocortex filled with reaching and searching and technology just to swallow it all back up and compost us into something else. We might not be a permanent fixture on this beautiful green planet. And that's okay too, because we still belong to it. Everything we have done in the hundreds of thousands or millions of years that we've been here has added to the learning of this planet. Everything we do hones and informs her consciousness. So whether or not we're a species that gets to stick around and continue to participate, or we're a species that gets composted, we still belong. Our voice belongs here. We are not outside of this place. We are not in exile. You are not in exile. The cacophony of voices all around you See and know and hear your voice. That was so clear to me when I watched the heron fishing next to the fisherman and his sons. She taught us. And she wants to continue to teach us. And we teach her. We are in the web of life whether we see it or not, whether we say yes to it or not, whether we turn toward it or not, we can be in the web facing out and pretending we're somewhere else, or we can be facing each other. It doesn't matter where we look. It cannot change the reality that we are in the web of life. We are stretching our thread as far as we can, for sure. But there is no pure place where we can go and fully belong. We have to belong right here where we are. May you find your belonging. May you rest in your impurity. May the song of your contamination burst out of you in joyful celebration.
may you find yourself creating something beautiful with all the entities that dwell inside of you. Thank you for joining me. Time to come back to.